Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to the island and the second part of our interview with Henry Oba. I actually have a, an anonymous person who's asked me uh, that said that you were a great role model growing up. Um, and uh, what do you think that, what, how do you think you impacted uh, your children as a man? Uh, what kind of impact do you think you've had? What kind of things do you think they would say of you uh, as a role model, uh, your children? What do you think, uh, do you think it would be a positive things? Uh, well, I would hope so, but I, <laughs> I, have, I have no idea, and I, I'm not. Everyone's thoughts about their parents are are kind of private. I mean, you don't tell your parents well, you tell them that you love them and so on, but but you don't expatiate. You don't you don't ramble on. I I don't know what the. I'm sort of uncomfortable with the question. <laughs> but that's that's the the idea is I think one of the. I think it's important at some point to to share um, with people who have been so important in in their lives, um, especially with with men, to express you know their love and the kind of impact that people have had on their lives. I think it's it's very interesting um, to to hear what people have to say. So, like I said, I have anonymous sources that said yes, you know, many positive things about you, um, and I think what you've explained in terms of your 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 career and sort of what your what your father did for your family is very very uh is very nice and i think you it's, it's been transmitted i think it's also been transmitted to you to to your to your children and uh and they're transmitting it to their to their kids your grandkids so it's a very uh, it's very it's very positive um but what what do you what would you say it could be to your to your sons but it could be to any 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 boy or man if you're having trouble if you're if you're sad or upset if things are not going your way how do you think uh, he could best express himself or what would you suggest they do to sort of vent these frustrations or angers or sadness uh, what what avenues could they if, if, if one of my children felt that way or or yeah uh, or if i felt that way yeah exactly if if you yourself uh, have had moments of of anger or sadness uh, where have you turned oh well, it's, it's, I, I just speak to uh to my wife uh penny penny, penny and i are very close yeah. and uh uh i find that when something bothers me i tell her and uh and then she puts me she, she her sense of perspective always helps and uh yeah i mean so it's i think it's very important to have a um a spouse or a, a partner uh to whom one can can confide and just just explaining what's on your mind is very useful because you, you unburden yourself mm -hmm. uh and then if the other person can respond in a helpful way what's well, even better but but just just expressing oneself is is halfway there 
And if you, so this is two, two more questions. One, if you didn't have a significant other or, or and, before you met your wife and you were, you know, angry, sad or troubled, what would you do or how would you go about uh, if you were confronted by certain situations, uh, if you if you have any examples of how you sort of went about dealing with these frustration and angers? Or... Wow, you're you're asking me to uh, think about my early twenties, and yes. it's a long way, <laughs> a long way back. Um, and I, I was generally generally too busy to. Uh, to to have uh, a problem like that, I guess the most difficult period I went through before I got married was being in the army. With uh, I mentioned the uh, <laughs> situation during basic training uh, when uh, when I was the butt of the platoon. That that was that was hard. That was hard. Um, but uh, no, there's certainly no one. You just soldier on, as, as they say. Soldier on. Soldier on. <laughs> but did you speak about it with other of the army uh, colleagues about uh, how stressful? It, because how long? How long was, did you endure the the reserves? I, 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 I was on active duty for eight for eight months, but it was only the first uh, two months that were uh, two or three months that were difficult. That uh, that was basic training when when you're under the thumb of a of a drill sergeant who's whose role it is to to uh, crush every bit of individualism that you have to uh, to make you a, 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 just a subservient non-person. And so you had a chance to speak with other other people in the army when you, during those first two months, or. Yeah, well, everyone was going through the same experience, perhaps a little bit more intensely with me, in exactly. my case, because I was <laughs> you're insubordinate. Well, you don't look you don't look a drill sergeant in the eye because that that spells defiance, and that is you can't have that. Having never never been in the army, I, I don't I don't know uh, I don't know this. I, I had one experience in the army, which uh, most people don't know, but. Uh, I was living in South America, in Chile, and I have long hair, and I was 19. My hair was loose, and I went to visit a friend uh, at the visiting day, because in Chile it was required, in the 90s it was uh, still required uh, military service. And I, I went with my friend and their family, and uh, you're allowed to have lunch and a picnic. And uh, I went to the bathroom, and a sergeant saw me walking, started speaking to me in Spanish. Obviously, I, I responded in Spanish, and he was confused as to why I was not in the army. He asked me how old I was, and I said 19. He's like, you, you're supposed to be in the army. And clearly, you're Chilean because you speak Spanish and you look Chilean, so come with me, son. <laughs> and uh, my friend's mother promptly came over and said, he's not you know, Chilean, he's, he's Canadian. Uh, Canadian Colombian, and uh, you, he's here's his passport. And so I was almost taken to the Chilean army. <laughs> uh, he was very upset that I was walking around <laughs> as if uh, I didn't have to join the army. But uh, 
but it was quite it's quite interesting not a story i don't think many people know but uh, <laughs> but i don't think it was not eight months of of army as you had to as you had to do but a very interesting parkour from uh from new jersey to the army and harvard and morocco and montreal and then uh, so much traveling i think uh, i think that's a uh, that's great um i have one other interesting uh, question that i think we we touched on a bit um when we talked about the rest of the world and it still it still pertains to north america and europe um in that societies and cultures define men by certain things uh they define them uh in terms of their honor, their status, and their legacy. So these elements hold a lot of pressure on uh, on men to uphold these sort of things. Um, men have also been uh, known to have a certain amount of ego. You mentioned, uh, you know, to, to climb the ladder in journalism, you know, you, you go from local to national, but you sort of, what would be your and i'm trying to find a question but more uh your opinion on sort of these pressures on on men around the world uh through cultures uh in different countries through religion these concepts of honor status and legacy when it comes to to men because i think your your status as a journalism a journalist is quite recognized in terms of what you what you've been able to be recognized for um the initiatives that you've that you've made what you've brought to to montreal and canada and really the world and especially your children as a as a father and a journalist what would you have to say about this kind of historical i'd say pressure on yeah i think the, the pressure is is uh is way too great on people. Um, I'll, I'll speak just about males here because it's, uh, it's good. What, what I, I know about. Um, but th there's a cult of, of individualism that it, it, well, well, there's always there's, there's always been individualism, but it's become much more intense in, in my lifetime, uh, where you have best-selling books on on how to be fulfilled uh, and it, it always has to do with with status and and career and there's there's tremendous pressure on on people to to gain that status and to have those honors and 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 so many people want to be celebrities or or semi celebrities and i i think it's it's the, the whole celebrity thing people magazine and, and and all the others uh are it's uh a complete perversion of of um having a happy fulfilling life when when you're in a in, in a career let's say in journalism you want you you lust for awards you lust for recognition and this is all uh, th this is useful uh up, up to a point it's if you if you get awards 
you're going to get you might get promoted you might be given more responsibility you may have a more satisfying career you might also make more money so it's it's um it, it can be very I'm, I'm not saying that one should not lust for awards and recognition and that kind of thing because it has a can have a pragmatic um side to it mm. but to it's so easy to go overboard and to uh, really crave glory. I, I found that since I've been retired, and I've been retired now for eight years, that I, I don't want awards. I, I don't, it, unless they're pragmatic. I mean, if, if, if a book, if a book I write gets an award and it, and therefore more people read the book, then, then so much the better. Uh, the, the award has a practical value. But if it's just to, to flatter my ego, I, I'm very suspicious. I, I find that um, very uncomfortable, and I, I try to avoid it. I mean, I, you, you see what I mean? I'm not yeah. uh, to, to be a, a celebrity or, or, or glory. Um, uh, if, it, if it's just satisfying to the ego and it has no practical purpose, I, I find that... Um, being on the wrong track, but I, I feel like it's a it's a perspective that you had maybe a long time ago, having having chosen to 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 leave your positions in Washington to go to Morocco. I think it's something that you know maybe people with with uh, with perspective after years, you know, uh, can have that kind of insight on uh, and personal reflection. But I feel like just having made the move. To Morocco is something that uh, gave you uh, this kind of perspective to continue in your career, continue um, working uh, in your passion and working very, very hard, like like you said, but and developing into an author, not only a journalist and a, a storyteller for for your children. Having to the story about developing this book for for your son is uh, is part of this uh, this teaching. And that teaching is the kind of legacy that I think people want to provide for their kids, that uh, a positive, uh, socially just uh, legacy of, uh, as a person. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like that's the that's the kind of impact that you but you have given you have shown and demonstrated to your kids, and you'll want to show and demonstrate to, to your grandkids as well. I think that's uh, that goes without uh, that goes without saying. I I think. Is, is there a question there? <laughs> no, I, I'm just, I'm just. Uh, I think maybe more humbled by the experience of. It takes people a long time to come to realizations of of things that you've you've brought to light and that you bring to your family. After having explained how your father uh, raised you and made his choices, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a testament to you know. People make choices at a young age and sort of choose their career and raise their family along those those lines, mm -hmm. those socially just lines. Uh, when you said, you know, being a celebrity and seeking glory is not always a good thing, but can be in, in a positive light. You know, we'll, we'll think of all the people who have streets named after them or towns named after them. People don't know people who live on those streets a few years after the passing the after the death of the of the of the, of the, of the individual after after whom the 
street is named. They don't know. They have no idea. Like the, the, the adjoining streets, there's Grosvenor Street, Grosvenor Avenue. Nobody would know who Grosvenor is. Nobody know would know who Mr. Roslin is, this, the next street. No one would know the Girard Street. Nobody know has any clue as to who these these people who were so briefly famous were. Um, so fame is really such a ephemeral ephemeral thing. When we shouldn't live for that. Once you try to have a more permanent effect on society than just having uh, a street named after you or a, a statue put up in your name in a, in a park where it's only appreciated by the pigeons. Um, it's, it's much more, um, if, if you do want a legacy, it ought to be in terms of A, raising children who are responsible, responsible members of society, yeah. or in influencing uh, society at large f for the better. I respect somebody much more who who uh, contributes, who, who builds a library or who contributes to books to a library uh, or who or who changes, uh, affects young people by being their sports coach or... That's a good comment there. Or being a being a high school teacher and, and yeah. who and, and who can influence young minds i mean that that's that's the real legacy and and anyway that's that's all i have to say <laughs> but i think it's interesting going back to the the city of montreal the the legacy of montreal and uh, how you chose to you know raise a family here and there's so many influences we have access to so much information uh, culture uh, history and the, the, the kind of stories that you, you, know, you research to tell your son are the kind of stories that we have access to here. Uh, you know, the First Nations history of the area, the Inuit history, the Sri Lankan history of, in Montreal, the Irish uh, working class, that we have access to all these, 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 these stories and the history of a city through the people that we know, that we meet, that we've grown up with. And I think that's the... A very rich part of, uh, of of what Montreal is, and it's not necessarily, as you as you were speaking to, you know, a male's perspective of what what honor uh, and legacy is. Here, it's it can it can be so much more, as in the legacies of family, and the legacy of making socially responsible people have a positive influence, especially men on boys and men on on girls, a positive influence in uh, in society. Uh, uh, going forward, it's, uh, I think my my question now would be, uh, you yourself, throughout your life, maybe you've had uh, mentors or uh, role models, uh, could be real, could be fictional, could be, I I don't know. So my question is, uh, do you have any, and would you uh, would you care sharing? Uh, well, when I was much younger, I wished I could have I could be. Debonair like Cary Grant, <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't think I'll ever be debonair. But uh, I, no, my my answer is very boring. It's just my father. Uh, I think of my father all, all, at least once a day. He's been he, he died at seventy six, um, forty five years ago. But uh, I think of him every day. Um, 
and try to do what he would have done. He, ne he never raised his voice. He very seldom gave me, uh, very seldom scolded me or, or gave me directions on what, what to do. But boy, did I feel his, um, I, I, I always knew what he expected of me. And, oh, I, I remember once he, he, he scolded me quite, uh, I, I was in, I think, third grade, and some friends of mine and I uh, threw leaves. It was, it was fall, and there were leaves on the ground, and there were two or three girls from our class were walking in front of us, walking home, and we threw leaves at them. <laughs> And we you know we giggled. We thought it was hilarious. They 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 ran off, and I mean, there was no physical harm to them. And one of the mothers, Sally's mother, called my mother, who told my father. And my father said, "Don't ever mistreat women. Never, never, no exceptions." But Daddy, they were just there's leaves. <laughs> Never, never, and and that stayed with me. I mean, you never, you never mistreat women. When he scolded you, did he use your full name or did he just say uh, your first name? I know that when my father scolded me, he if I knew I was in trouble, he would use my full name, <laughs> and that that was that was enough right there. That was enough to <laughs> to to calm me down. I never did anything as ruthless as throwing leaves at at girls. <laughs> but uh, but I don't think that's a, a boring answer at all. I think that's a a testament to to a, a very positive role model who, as you described uh, so eloquently throughout the throughout our meeting, that uh, it's obvious that it was a very positive uh, very positive role model for you and mentor at, at all levels. I think yes. And now comes the part of the uh, podcast as we ask. Uh, our guests to uh, regale us with a, uh, a musical interlude or uh, <laughs> in fact, it's, it's not a musical interlude. It's a, we ask you to, to choose a, a song um, and explain to us why you like it, why it impacts you, why it's important. It can be anything. You're going to be very disappointed, Daniel. Very disappointed. I am not at all disappointed you, 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 at you, all today. You, you told me in advance that I should think of this. I did. Think about this. And I've thought long and hard. And I've thought about a lot of rock and roll songs that I've enjoyed. Okay. Uh, but the way you phrased your question is, uh, what was it? Um, what song means the most to you that you think about? And as I say, this is this is really going to disappoint you. Uh, unlikely, very it's, unlikely. It's, it's not a popular song. It's not the Righteous Brothers. <laughs> if it's important, it's, to you, then that's it's it's a hymn. All right, a hymn, and that is a song, and it's called "Faith of Our Fathers," and it's uh, it starts off uh, saying, "Faith of Our Fathers, living still in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword." Uh, and that reminds me of the of our ancestors who for whom spiritual beliefs were very important in this case they happen to have been christian beliefs but i think the same would apply to islamic beliefs or jewish beliefs or buddhist beliefs the fact that 
people were willing to suffer dungeon, fire, and sword. Uh, tremendous, uh, going through tremendous suffering for their spiritual beliefs. In, in, in my case, uh, my ancestors happened to have been French Protestants on both my mother's and my father's side. And in the uh, 16th and 17th century, French Protestants went through real persecution. Mm -hmm. Real persecution. I mean, during the, the, the wars of religion in France, which lasted generations, and somehow my ancestors uh, would have persevered dis uh, despite the persecution. And I, I, I think of that often, and I, just as I, th I think of, of of Jews who have been persecuted much more than French Protestants, Huguenots, and who have. Even when, when Jews are, are even among secular, uh, secular Jews, there's a uh, great respect for their ancestors, what their ancestors went through, and a loyalty to tradition and, and to the, the basic underlying values of their faith. So, and so that's one verse that I, I like about this, about this hymn. Um, and there's another one, uh, Faith of Our Fathers, We Will Love both friend and foe, in all our strife. And that, that sort of sums up um, the, uh, the, the Christian message and the message of other religions too, that you, uh, you're supposed to love your neighbor and that, and that kind of thing. And, and it's, uh, it's hard to do all the time, but the, uh, that, that hymn sort of crystallizes the uh, desirability of doing that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and by the way, I, I'm not a frequent church goer, <laughs> but uh, but I do. Uh, uh, there there are, uh, there are other ways to have a to have a religious life without a, attending a, a place of worship. Yeah, and I think uh, I think paying some kind of tribute to our ancestors who passed something on to us, regardless of our our cultural religion, or yeah. is something very important. And our, our ability to maintain these traditions and also our our ability to to develop these traditions you know and as we're talking about with when it comes to to men you know becoming better and you know raising families and having this kind yeah. of legacy i think that it's a it's a great testament to to your song choice which is a hymn <laughs> so, well you know so, so often um people today reject their particular religion and in the case of the Catholic Church, for example, there's been so so many scandals involving priests, and people tend to think, well, this discredits the religion. No, it doesn't. It it what it discredits is the institution and the mortals that are exploiting that and and, and abusing that institution, and the way so many denominations and, and so on have, have been discredited for one reason or, or another. Um, that they're perhaps too materialistic, that they're superficial, that they don't carry out other, their religion's mandates to care for the poor and the disadvantaged. All those problems don't really discredit the original religion. For the, for the amount of people or Concerning this, the amount of men that discredit, uh, there's an equal amount of people who, who are 
are great and socially just and positive, I think. Uh, just we, we've highlighted uh, specific people, but I think there's an equal amount of people who do great good who we don't know about um, and that, that have, have made these choices. And I don't think, I don't think many people would, I don't know if many people know about the choices that, that your father made, but it's very interesting to have chosen, you know, a life of writing uh, at a prestigious institution and chose something else. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe everyone who was around that prestigious institution didn't know and his name sort of went away from that institution, but he, the legacy he left uh, is a testament of the people he taught, uh, the family he raised, and you know, the, the, uh, the man, the, the person that you are. So I think that's a very, uh, it's very positive and it's, in, it's important to, to shed light on these, these, these positive role models uh, that may otherwise gone, uh, gone unknown. concludes our, uh, <laughs> our, our interview uh, for those for those of you who don't know uh, because you don't know uh, we're outside we've been conducting this uh, in the uh, fresh fall air mid-november it's, <laughs> it's yeah, pretty mid, cold mid-november but luckily we had uh, tea and coffee and crumpets so uh, thank you very much um, and really thank you so much for having uh, taken the time to to talk with us, to, to have our listeners um, have a small bit of, of, of who you are, your history, and uh, everything that you've done positively for your family and for the island of Montreal. But uh, we really appreciate you having uh, taken the time and sharing everything that you have. Uh, thank you very much. Well, thank you, Daniel. I've, I've liked doing this. <laughs> And, I, and I'm sorry I can't um, haven't chosen a more bouncy tune for your uh, for your listeners. There's no finger pop, no finger popping with with faith of our fathers. I'm afraid. I don't think they're my listeners. Like they're our listeners. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's a it's it's uh, the idea is to have a variety of guests and shed light on the positivity of. The development of this uh, this masculine role, this positive masculine life. I think you you really uh, encapsulate that. So again, thank you very much for coming. Great, thank you. Mm-hmm.